beautiful song. Whee. Yeah, there's tissues. You might want to pass those. <laughs> oh, we just, we're just excited uh, you're here. We had a good crowd first service and as well. And uh, we wanted to mention there is a photo hotspot right outside in the foyer. Um, so for all you moms, they created that. And there's the feather thing. Okay, yeah, boas. And hats and funny glasses, or you can have a serious picture, but it's just there for you. You know, most everybody has a cell phone. Just go there and take some memories, get some pictures, get some, you know. Um, I even heard Scott had a boa and stuff on, which that is a scary thought. But, you know, (laughs) anyway, that's out there. We created that just so that you could create a spot for memories. And so it is our privilege, again, just to let you feel at home. Um, if you've got a connection card, it's your first time here. You just put that in at the end of service when we receive offering. No hassle guarantee. We're not going to bug you. We're just glad that you came. And as my wife said, no growth track today due to the holiday. But growth track happens just like a wheel. Uh, next week, 301 will resume. Fourth week will be 401. And then 101, 201, 301, 401, just, just as normal. And uh, it is, again, just great things are, are happening. We wanted to thank Lawrence Orchards for providing the crates that are out there for that photo spot Um, and uh, just so you can get a little calendar mark on October 18th that's a Sunday we'll have our harvest party out at Lawrence Orchards and we're going to really jazz it up even more this year so we're going to have a great time and we'll pack the place out we've done that every year the chili cook-off and all that stuff is going on just a great time to get together and we have some great cooks in this church great desserts and and great things are are going on so we're excited you're part of a, a live family and that are alive, uh, grow, and we're just thrilled that God is doing that. Do you realize I was able to tell Pastor Gary, I said, uh, text him and said, we are 23 people away from 100 people saved and delivered and, and on, you know, that gave their heart to Jesus within just about six months, just over six months. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> you guys are all part of that. Um, you know, we're also just, God's doing great things. The church is just We're just excited to be part of your life. So anyway, we wanted to welcome everybody. We're going to talk about the next four weeks about stuff that God never said. And we're going to look at four cultural belief systems that people have for years attributed to God. I wanted to just start off with a a story of a husband and wife from back in the 1800s are on a journey and they bring their horses and uh, and they're walking or their horses are walking and they're riding away. I'm I'm making sure that I'm connected here. That's probably might be my issue hopefully not but anyway they're on their way and the man's horse is going he looks back the wife's horse has stopped she gets off the horse goes around the front of the horse and says that's one gets back on the horse they continue their journey a little bit further her horse stops again she gets off the horse goes around to the front of the horse looks right in the eye and said that's two continue on the journey the horse goes on a little bit further and of course the wife's horse stops she gets off the horse gets in the saddlebag takes out a revolver, puts the horse out of his misery. The husband goes, what's the matter with you? You cannot just shoot a horse. You can't do it. That's wrong. And she looks at him. She goes, that's one. (laughs) So we're going to talk about, (laughs) you see all the wives are like, and the husbands are going, I'm going to sit this other chair. (laughs) Use your road rage if you have to. Uh, We're going to talk about four cultural belief systems that people for years have attributed to God. 
And today we're going to talk about um, God wants you happy. Now, ultimately, if you believe that is his ultimate goal, that God just wants you happy, we're going to kind of just dispel that. God does want you happy, but that's not his ultimate thing for you. So we're going to, we're going to talk about that. The reality is God never said that. We've just, people just take that and just said, well, you know, God wants me happy. Next week we're going to talk about what many people believe it's in the Bible. I've preached it, but I'm, we're going to show you why we preach it the way we do. But... Uh, they, they'll say this, God will never give you more than you can stand. God never said that, and I'm going to show you exactly what that means. Week three, we're going to talk about this. You've heard this one before. It doesn't matter what you do as long as you don't hurt anyone. Okay? God never said that, so we're going to talk about that. Week number four, you'll like this one. How about this? It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. God never said that. And that's just like saying all the roads lead to the same place. No, they don't. We all leave today. You go your way. I'll go mine. We'll see if we all end up same place together. That doesn't happen. Okay, so God didn't say that. Today we're going to talk about the most popular misbelief in Western version of Christianity. God wants you happy above all else. That's what he wants. He wants you happy. That's what people believe. I'd love to tell you that in your whole experience in life, it's going to be happy. There'll never be any sorrow. But we all know that's not how it is. Psalm 97, 12 says this, May all who are godly rejoice in the Lord and praise his holy name. That verse makes me so happy, it just makes me want to dance. You don't want to see any more of that. I was just really starting to get in my groove. I was just getting loosened up. Jason, right on. Rock to my brother. All right. <laughs> I just want to make sure you're happy and having fun in church. Uh, but this is one of the things. If we believe above all else that God wants us happy, we're going to start believing other misbeliefs. Now, uh, God's do- he does want us happy, but not on our terms. Does that make sense? That's not his ultimate goal is that we're happy. What makes you Have you been behind a toddler in a, in a grocery store that wants the candy bar? That's all they want. That's what's going to make them happy. You know, if you give them that candy bar one time, you're going to be giving them candy every time you go to the store, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Or that's, you know, oh, I want that right now. And, and so we're going we're gonna to kind of pull the carpet out from under that belief. Uh, if we believe it's God's supreme goal to make us happy at, at all costs, no matter what the stakes, this is what happens. Number one, we start believing whatever makes me happy must be right, and whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong. Number two, we start believing discomfort, delay, risk, suffering, inconvenience, obstacles can't be God's will. Number three, without knowing it, we begin to worship false God of comfort, money, pleasure, and things. If all of you that are believers in the room that have been walking with Jesus, whether you just got started or you've been walking for a while, have you ever had trouble? (laughs) If you're alive and breathing, (laughs) yeah, there's been times, I mean, Kim and I, were we, we have served the Lord most all our lives. I remember going on vacation. We decided we were going. We were going on vacation. We didn't have hardly any money, and we, we went to Michigan, and on the way back, I don't know if anybody's traveled back. There's that turnpike there at Toledo and Michigan. I don't think they designed that right. I don't know, but we, we took the wrong, and we were, I mean, we were coming in. When we got literally in front of our uh, place where we lived, we coasted in. We stopped to get gas at a gas station because we didn't have hardly any 
gas, and we dug like a dollar thirty-two out from the cushions of the seats. I mean, just finding change and stuff. I don't know. It was it was kind of embarrassing, but of course, gas wasn't you know what it is now. But we and we literally the car ran out of gas in front of our house. Cause I'm happy. You know, the whole time I'm white knuckled on the steering wheel. Oh, dear God, just get us home. Oh, dear God. Because you just don't, you don't, you know. But if you know, Lord, there is times that sometimes life just throws you some curves. And, and we get that. But if we believe all else that God wants us happy, the problem is when we believe that, we take on a new mindset. Then we believe that God exists to serve us. And I want you to understand me. God does not exist for, uh, to serve us. We exist to serve God. You need to hear what I'm saying. God does not exist to serve us. We exist to serve God. If I believe God's ultimate function is just to serve me and make me happy, that would be like saying, you know what, Kim, every time I come to church or everything, I I just want you to feed me grapes, take a palm branch, wave it over there, uh, and a towel, just dab my brow every time. What world am I living in? That's not going to happen. That's not her ultimate goal. God's ultimate goal is not to serve us or make us happy. Our ultimate goal is that, God, you are, the, you are it. We are here to serve you. So if we understand that, if we don't, we, we reduce God to pretty much a cosmic Coke machine. We put in our money. We hit the button. We should get what we... I put my money in. Where's my Coke? God, I mean, come on. You're supposed to make me happy. We reduce God down to some formula. I... I Brett, I went to church, I, I said my prayers, I do good things, I try not to do bad things, I, I gave some money, I helped a, lo- a little old lady across the street, I swerved and missed running over my neighbor's cat, Mr. Puddles, this is good. Therefore, since I've b- done all those things, my headache should go away, if I'm single, I should be a magnet. See how I paused right there. I should get the job. I should get the dream house because after all, I put my money in. I press the button. Where's my Coke? You see, it's not based on the word. It's based on action. We understand kingdom principles. I'm going to teach you those. We've done that. I'll keep teaching you those. All kingdoms have laws. We, we get that. But we have to understand the kingdom of God is based on your heart. There are laws that function in the kingdom. All in this earth realm, there's gravity. It's a law. Just because they don't believe in it, I can't change it. I could say, gravity doesn't work for me. Jump off the building, we'll all watch. It will work. It's a law. You can't change it. There are laws in every kingdom. God's kingdom has laws. I understand that. But God is also, he's not trying to get to the people the spirit of getting. He's trying to give them the spirit of giving. God's God's kingdom is different than the world's kingdom. And it's all based on our heart and our understanding of that. So many people are walking away from God with wrong reasons because their belief system's wrong. Their foundation is based on wrong. Because somebody told them, you know, if you're a Christian, it all should be roses. Everything should be happy. People should just drop at your feet and serve you. And God should just be, everything's going to be great. I'm just here to tell you, let me pop that bubble right now. You still have things that happen. God can protect you. I get it. Yes, but you are still, you know what people are looking for? How come you're, you're acting different and the same situation's happening to you that's happening to me? Because they're looking for something that's on the inside. And that's the difference. It's something that God has done inside you and not something that you are trying to make happen outside you. If I can change this, then then I'll be happy. 
I tried church bread and it didn't make me any happier. I tried religion. It didn't work. I tried the God thing. Nothing. I tried to read my Bible, but I don't understand it. I'm tired of praying. I'm still sick. My kids still don't mind. I still don't have a good job. I'm just my life is in the tank. My finances are terrible. If you believe God exists to make you happy and you're not happy. Then you start saying, God, you failed. And we have that thing and people are just like, I don't want to do God. Because I'm still not happy. But God didn't fail. It started with the wrong belief. It started on the wrong foundation. Being happy is a state of mind. I know people that are going through a lot of stuff. Going through stuff that some of you would never want to go through. But yet in the middle of trial, they're still happy. I mean, are they happy that they're going through stuff? No. I mean, no, nobody wants to. That's kind of a no brainer. No, I don't want to get I don't want to be happy about it. The Bible says in Romans eight twenty eight, all things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. It does not say that all things are good. It says all things work together for good. It you got to understand this is Lord. I might not be happy about a lot of things that are happening. But because what God has done has happened in I'm good. Jesus in my situation can bring peace and happiness. I want peace in the midst. Why could Jesus sleep in the front of a boat when it's in a storm and everybody else is like, we're going to die. I mean, we're not talking just this isn't a, a little tiny wimpy storm. We're talking these guys are fishermen by trade, at least half of them. I mean, they're they know what a storm's like. And we're going to drown here. Somebody wake him up. Could you imagine? I'm not going to do it. You do it. I'm not going to do it. Hey, no, you do it. Thomas, oh, I doubt he'll wake up for me. You know, I mean, all of those things. Wake him up. And Jesus is just asleep. Why could he sleep? Is the storm still going on? Is he still in the middle of it? He is. But because inside of him, he knows why he came. I believe that God does delight in your happiness. I believe that he he does want you happy, but that's not the ultimate goal. I like it when my kids are happy. I love seeing my kids happy. I mean, if my boys, you know, are playing sports, if you've got a son that plays sports or a daughter or whatever, and they, they score the winning goal, the shot, or the two-point, yeah, you know, or they kick the field goal, whatever it is, and everybody, the whole stand goes crazy, and they're, yeah. And then your kid runs over to the opposing team and gives them the number one finger that they don't need. I got bigger problems than his happiness. That's not my number one goal now. My number one goal is get over here. We're going to talk to you about that. God doesn't want us to pursue happiness. We are to pursue him. In him we live, we move, and have our being. In him we find peace, joy, and happiness. We don't pursue him for what we get. We just pursue him. And then we, it's just, stuff just happens. Because Matthew says this, seek first the kingdom. If you read that scripture in 633, if you read that, it says all these people are scrambling for food and for clothes and for stuff and things. And it says that we should go after God. And then those things, see, people don't want to talk about it. They're like, oh, because some people think, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't have nice things. You just shouldn't. It's not what the Bible says. You just don't want things to have you. Because we get it flipped. 
So those other things, if we go after God, I mean, I don't even care about those things. They just start happening. I just got a great testimony from one of our members that just said, you know what? He just loves God, and he was believing God he could find a great deal on something he wanted to get for his, his wife, and God just blew it out the front door. I mean, he's telling me there's no other way. That's like, wow, that's a God thing. Because, I mean, it's not even, I can't even say it's a quarter of the cost of whatever this item is. <laughs> it's a fraction of the quarter of the cost. I mean, it's like crazy. But what I'm saying is, that wasn't his, his goal. He was just trying to be a good steward. His goal is just, I'm just going to put God first. God, if this, you know, and that is incredible. When we start seeking God, all the other things just come on us. Seek first the kingdom. So today I want to dispel the phrase that God just wants you happy. I'm going to give you two points or thoughts on it. Here's number one, if you're taking notes. God doesn't want you happy when it causes you to do something wrong or unwise. Make it plain, he doesn't want you happy if it causes you to do something stupid or sinful. So, you know, if you go by the saying when I was growing up, there was that saying, how many remembers this? If it feels good, boy, there's a flesh saying for you. Sometimes, you know, you, you, know you, you, just, you might have a brother or sister or sibling. It just felt good. They need slapped, so what was I to do? You get in trouble for that, don't you? Just you can't always do what you're feeling like, all right? So if it causes you to do something stupid or sinful, God doesn't want you happy. I told a story in the first service of, of Sam's about six or seven, and, and uh, we went sledding, and I took the kids with me. Kim didn't go. And she's like, okay, you know, and just kind of like Tim Hawkins, if you like the comedian there, he's probably one of the best, if not the best Christian comedians you're ever going to find. Tim Hawkins, you can look him up on, online. Just incredibly funny. But she's like, be careful. Okay. So I took him off sledding. And I mean, the, the hill was great. There's a lot of people there. And I'm keeping the little peeps all with me, you know. And there was teenagers there. And the teenagers had built up this great big snow ramp. And the kids were, I mean, the you know, the the snow and the ice was fast and they're flying down that hill. They'd hit that ramp and they'd be airborne. These kids are landing on their sleds and and some of them break because they go up really high and others, you know, it's just and they're all. Yeah. And so, you know, we watched it a little while and then we were sledding. And I was riding with the kids. It was all fun and games till I got to the top of the hill. I've got my kids. Most of them. Where is Sam? Sam. Sam. I look, Sam is already on his sled, flying towards the ramp. All you can see is the little ball on his cap. <laughs> you know, he's just six or seven. The teenagers are backing up. I mean, he's flying by. There is nothing I can do. I can't even be Superman and get there in time. I grab a sled. I didn't even share this in the first. I grab a sled, and I threw it and ran and dove on the sled, and I am flying, thinking my weight will get me there quicker. You know, I'm kind of doing the frosty, the snowman. Get on my back, Karen. <laughs> so I'm flying down the track, and I'm watching in horror as my son hits the ramp. Sam and the sled go up. The sled goes this way. Sam is like flying in slow motion. I said in first service, it's almost like he could go. I mean, it's just I'm about to relive wild world of sports. It's almost going to happen in front of my eyes. He hits the ground, boom, the sled goes, is already gone. His hat flies off, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my, and I'm, I mean, as fast as I can, and everybody, you can hear people, oh. And he lays there for like four seconds before, I mean, I'm flying to get to him. He rolls over, gets up on his knees, and goes, yeah. 
I'm like, oh. All the teenagers are like, yeah, righteous, that kid is awesome. And I'm like, come on, you're going home with me, I'm telling you what. Happiness. God doesn't want you happy if it wants you to do something you didn't think through and is stupid or dangerous. Sam. First <laughs> Peter 1.15, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. A lot of times people take that word holy and I don't put happy in there. The Bible teaches us to be holy and set apart in all that we do. But there's still people that just believe, well, God just wants me happy. I just want to be happy. And we pursue happiness. They've even made a movie with the pursuit of happiness. How many marriages end in divorce? It doesn't really matter, Christian or not. There's 50%. The rate is still the same. They end in divorce and they, this is what they say. We just weren't happy. Life isn't always about being happy. I can tell you, if you're in a relationship and you're married, it, it isn't going to be, you're not going to be happy all the time. You don't have to raise your hand. I was about to say, let me see hands. Don't do that. <laughs> Marriage is a covenant. It's a holy connection. And you stand before witnesses and God and, and you say, you know, for better, for worse, till death do us part. Now, if you went through a divorce, please, I'm not trying to hurt you and I understand. There are, there are different reasons. I'm just saying, if, if the only reason you're not together is because we're just not happy, that's what I'm talking about. So I'm not trying to belittle anything that you went through. So please understand. Um, life isn't always about just being happy. Let's go a little deeper. Can I do that? Say if you want to eat a cake, not a piece of cake, a cake. The only cake when I when I think of that it would either be a cake that Mal makes is what she made for her mom for Mother's Day today. That cake. Jesus would be eating this cake. But if you go to Dairy Queen, get one of those ice cream cakes. Are those just not like tough to stop eating? You can get a little sliver of that and you start out being good. Well, I don't know how many calories are in this. I'm just going to get a little sliver. And you watch everybody else just like manhandling their big pieces. My kids are shoving that in their mouth. Maybe if I had another piece before you devour it all. So it wouldn't be wise but it might make us happy, we think. People that aren't happy in their job. When I grew up, there was a song called Take This Job. And some of you have bosses, you're like, oh, I'd like to sing that song to them. I'd so much like to say, I'd like to do that in stereo. But they quit before they have another job to replace it because it would just make them happy to tell their boss off. You ever been in a situation where there's a lot you want to say and you're like, oh, just <laughs> okay. And then that what happens is is they get fired or they quit, and now they don't have money, and they blame God because God made them happy. They they wanted to tell them off. They thought, well, I can do that, I'll, and they'll blame God for that. Guys, don't try to justify looking at stuff you shouldn't because she's not meeting your needs. That's not going to work. Girls, don't go pour your heart out to another man because he's more sensitive and my husband doesn't understand me and that's not going to work either. God does not want you happy when it causes you to do something wrong or unwise or stupid or sinful. He's not behind that. Here's point number two. God doesn't want you happy when it's only based on the things of this world. The culture that we live in tells us that we need better possessions, newer cars, faster, bigger I mean, you know, right now, if you have a, a, an iPhone 6, they're probably already got another one. You know, they're in the making of something else if it's not already. We're going to have 
And there are people, oh, I want that. I got to have that. You know, I just thought it was really cool that I can now, I can sync my iPhone with my car. And I can hit a button on my car and I can say, call Kim. And my car will go, calling Kim. Say yes to continue. <laughs> say back or cancel. If not, you know, sometimes I'll say, call Kim, and it'll say, calling Bill. <laughs> I don't want to call Bill. Calling Pete. You know, I mean, it it, sometimes you're like, it doesn't even know, and you want to, ah. But it's always bigger, better, whatever. How about this? If you ever, how many ever watch info commercials? Why do we need a Snuggie? It's just a blanket with holes in it. But, you know, they'll put something in everything that they send you is $19.95 plus shipping and handling. And if you act in the next 10 minutes, they'll send you two if you just pay their separate process and handling, which is usually like another 10 bucks or something. Well, I mean, I don't understand that anti-age cream to make you look 25. I watched an infomercial. This is a true story. I don't know if you've seen it. A foot shaver. I'm watching this, and they're actually, they're, oh, look what it will do to your feet. And they're shaving, and you're seeing stuff fall from their feet. I don't want to see that. <laughs> but it's going to make me happy, I guess. The world will tell you, oh, if you just had, if your circumstances were different, you, you'd be peaceful. How many knows there are people that are just, if this would just change, if this element would change. God, if you change this person... You just change this job. Only if I had this much more money, then I would be happy. I'm telling you, you need to understand, this isn't something from the outside. This is something from the inside you need. Some people say, I just need, I need my life's boring. I just need more thrilling experiences. That's all I need. And they want to do stuff that's, that's daring or thrilling or whatever. If you look better, boy, if I look better, God, I'd have a better life if, you know, I could get all this stuff done. I could tuck it, lift it, shave it, sew it, stick it, pluck it. I don't know. <laughs> if I had the ra- right relationship, it would all be wonderful. I, you know, this one isn't working. Let me trade him in and get a better model. <laughs> if I could just go on the right dream vacation, I'd be happy. You see, all that in the world's eyes equals happiness. Problem is, that's based on happenings. Happenings. Happenings change. Happenings are just counterfeits. You need something in the midst of when life just happens that you can draw from that you're happy. Kim can send me to the grocery store to get an item. Because I'm a guy, these things could happen. Number one, I get the wrong thing. <laughs> See, here's all the guys. Yeah, yeah. And he... <laughs> they're waving them back and the wives are like did you hear him did you hear him i'm not sending you to the store anymore here's number two i get something not on the list because we're hunters and that's what we do <laughs> here's what happens we get stuff that looks good that's just cheap hey this would be great she'd love this imitation crab meat it's like three-month-old spam that nobody knew what to do with you know, you get something, it just doesn't work out. You think it's great, but ah, I think I'm doing good things. It sounds good. You see, that's what the world offers. The world always offers you something that sounds good. It, it, it could be good for a moment or, or for a few moments, but it's not lasting. And 
they never, the enemy never tells you the price tag. If you get this, if you buy this, if you have this, you'll be happy, you'll be successful. If you get it and you're still not happy, well, then it's God's fault because God wants you happy. That's his ultimate thing. God says it's not if it's based on the things of this world. 1 John 2, 15 and 17 through 17 says, Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. When you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. This world's fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So, number one, God doesn't want you happy if it causes you to do something wrong or something unwise and stupid or to sin. He doesn't want you happy to do that. He doesn't want you happy if it's based on the things of the world because they don't last. God's calling for you is, is not as much happiness as he wants you blessed. Far more than happiness he wants you blessed. Happiness is based on happenings. Blessed life is based on his goodness and his presence. When we're blessed, we're just, we're just glad to be with God. God's with me. I can get through this because God's with me. It's okay. I've got God. I'm good. Yeah, you got to understand, even in the midst of the storm, the, Jesus is just, you know what, he basically turns around and says, guys, guys, I already told you why I came. I'm here. This isn't how we're going down. We need to understand, God, he has an ultimate plan and a purpose for your life. The Greek word for blessed is makarenos. Oh, makarenos. <laughs> Sorry. Literally, it can be translated more than happy. When I say blessed, a lot of us just automatically think more money, more stuff, more, you know, this. There's so much more. That's so shallow. God isn't saying you won't have a bad day. He's not saying that there'll never be any trouble or there never your kids won't fight. You, you know, the car will never act up. I mean, I have trouble just like everybody else from time to time. Life comes at me just like it comes at you. Now, I'm not saying there's not protection. I'm not saying that there's not intervention. What I am saying is if you live in this life, you're going to have some issue. Jesus said it. In this life, you'll have tribulation. The other day, I'm, I'm mowing the yard. And the belt on my decided, I don't want to stay on. I would like to just be free. I don't like that idea. Because it stops me from being happy. I just wanted to cut my yard. And then I tried fixing it. For an hour and a half or two hours, I'm one man trying to stop my blade. I don't have a wrench that will get my nut bolt off and... I'm like, oh, dear God, I got sweat dripping everywhere. I can't get my yard mode. And I'm just saying, I'm happy. Come along. I thought my wife's out and I'm like, she's like, hey, how are you coming on the yard? Mowers down. Oh, OK. <laughs> I'm believing you can get it fixed. I can. And God used Rick to come and help me. And he was doing the same thing I was doing, although he used his brain. He stuck his feet under my mower blade and stopped the blade from going. And I broke the nut, and we got the thing off, put the blade back on, got it all together. And he's like, there you go. I'm like, thank you, God. But see, what happens when life happens to you, you start finding out where your happiness is really based. Now, if you mess that up, it doesn't mean God hasn't forsaken you or that you're, you know, you're just never going to make it. It means there's, there's an area where we still need work. I 
I want to experience the goodness of God when I'm doing life. And, and it's not based on, on pain-free life. It's just based on, God, you're with me. Jesus went on to say, after he said, you're going to have tribulation, he said, I've overcome the world. People blame God. They want everything to be smooth sailing in church. I think that God wants to bless you in the midst of life. Because when things are happening to you, just like they're happening to me or, or co-workers, and they're not following God, they want to see, how do you handle that? How come it seems like you just don't get rattled or, or, or shaken? There's stuff that, I mean, you know, I've, I've been friends with Pastor Gary, and I'm just talking to him, and he's like that Staples easy button. I mean, I got stuff, you know, that I, I wouldn't share with there. I'm just like, you know, Gary, I just, I, I, we just need to get this done. I, I don't know, and we got this and this, and it's just like talking to this guy. And he, That's easy. How do you do that? But you see, he's at a level where he's allowed, where certain things he's just like, I know this is an issue, but it doesn't have to be an issue. Listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying. If you give it voice, it will talk loudly. What you feed grows. What you starve dies. What you are experiencing, if it's not of God, quit giving it a microphone. Because it is draining your happiness. The enemy wants to derail you. But if we can get a hold of God, we can get that supernatural peace that passes understanding. It guards our heart. It guides us. Some of you are going through stuff right now and say, Brett, you don't even know. I probably don't even know. But I'm telling you, in just about two or three minutes or so here, I'm going to give you a chance to pray and give that to God. And that you can find out what real happiness is about. Brett, will my problems go away? Nope. But God will help you. You'll start seeing them differently. You'll start being able to go, you know what, your perspective will change. Listen to me. Things that I thought were all, all that important now aren't so important. Things that I said, well, we got to have this, this, and this. Now it doesn't matter. Just like my wife, she was saying, you know, I love my kids. And first service, she talked about, uh, Mal had said, Mom, you, you are like, you have a fierce love. Like you, you know, and she talks about how the Bible says, you mess with the kids, it's like a, a, a mother bear against her cubs, you know. You know, that's that kind of love. That's that kind of, man, I want to, at all costs. Is that not what Jesus did for you? Is that not what God is trying to say? Listen, if, you, if we just understand and go, you know what? What is truly happiness? If it's just temperamental things, if it's just temporal things, temperamental, temporal things that just don't last, then we're going to need something else. Now, we live in a, in a city that, is, that has been, and I believe is changing, but has been infested by drugs, by people that are just pushing stuff. Why? Because it brings temporal happiness. That's what they want to fix for. You know why? But it can't stay fixed because then they got to have it again. What if we could give you something that Jesus has paid for that could fix it all? That could go in and say, you know what? We've had people come up to us and say, you've you got to understand, God did this. I used to be a smoker. I don't smoke anymore because God took it away. Just took it away. They had to put their hand to it. What if you put your hand to saying, God, I want what you want. And so not my will, but your will. And you change your perspective. What would happen? Hebrews says, faith and patience bring the promise. 
We are made in his image. We celebrate on the mountaintops and we have victories. We're all happy. Yes. But it's in the valley that we learn and we train. We develop intimacy in the valley. That's where we go. God, how do I walk this out? Psalm 37, 4, take delight in the Lord. and He'll give you your heart's desire. Delight comes from the Hebrew word anog. Hebrew words always tell a story. They're always deep and have texture. It means to delight, to enjoy, to be soft and pliable. Matthew says, seek first God, and these, all these things will be added to you. As we pursue God, not happiness, not things, we enjoy his presence. We delight ourselves in him, and then he gives us his desires, and our desires become his desires. And let, me, let me ask, you know, I was like, God, how can I share this? And he brings us back to my attention this morning. Because sometimes we don't understand when we say, not my will, his will. How does his desires become mine? Can I say this? influence my wife and my daughters have influence in my life my sons have influence in my life and in return i have influence in their life let me explain before i met kim and before we had kids there is no way i would watch some of the things that she likes Yes, I'm, that's that's true. I mean, they are what who's the people that the pride and prejudice people? I mean, the, the with the storyline, whatever that is, the movies. Just. Well, yeah, OK, chick flicks. Yeah, romantic thingies. And what happens, what's kind of scary is I start tearing up. Seriously. Yeah, see, and I never would have did that. I mean, give me Rocky. Absolutely, you know, my wife, Adrian. I mean, give me John Wayne, Walt Pilgrim. Any of the, give me Jimmy. Any Western, I'm there. I'm the hip. Give me football, baseball, basketball. Yeah, let's go. Ooh, yeah, you know, but now they got me. Now I didn't even really care. I mean, the only time I ever watched. Dean Martin, when was, he was with Jerry Lewis. Now, I like Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin. I like that kind of music, that genre of music. You know why? Mal. I like Michael Buble. I never heard of Michael Buble till Mal. Things that now, that they like, I'll go see something and I'll say, oh, oh, Kim would like that. Oh, she would like that. Gretchen wore, I knew what, what Gretchen had on today. I was like, Kim's going to, she's going to come up and go, I love it. Love your outfit. Love those shoes. Oh, those shoes. I knew she's going to do that. And sure enough, Kim walks up. And if she wouldn't, I would have said, do you see Gretchen's shoes? Because you know why? Shows my sensitive side. <laughs> because I'm happy. But she came up and goes, oh, I love that. Because girls are just, they, but now, what she likes, I start liking. I can look at things, and if I want to get her something, or I want to get Mal something, or Maddie something, I know what they like. And so what they like becomes part of what I like. I hope that makes a little more sense. So when we start getting close to God, what he likes becomes what we like. And it just starts, so really, mom and dad, it does matter who you hang out with. It does matter who's hanging out with your son or your daughter. It does. It's, I mean, it's cool. 
If they, if they are loving after God, then ultimately, that's a good thing. I want to stay soft and pliable. Not necessarily, I mean, I don't like pain. But you know what? If it makes me better, you know, kind of that saying, no pain, no gain. <laughs> you know, he teaches me things because sometimes we don't get it till we experience. I don't want to do that again because that was painful. And the enemy never told you the price tag. So you've got to get understand, Lord, I, I want to have you. I want to have you. Now, let me just ask you this. If I took a fish out of water, put him on the beach, would he be happy? No. If I gave him $100,000, would he be happy? No. If I gave him a lounge chair and a Field and Stream magazine subscription, would he be happy? No. No, because he's not made for the beach. He was made for the water. So can I just say this? Let me just, in the same respect, I can give you all of these things from the world. Would it make you happy? Maybe for a short time. But pretty soon, just like the fish, he's sucking air, man. He can't breathe out here. He needs to be in the water. You were made for heaven. You were not made for here. I mean, you're here for a short time. The Bible says it's like a vapor. I mean, but God made you to be with him forever. Why settle? Why settle? We serve God. Quit wanting everything that you see. And quit just thinking, well, God just wants me happy. He does want you happy, but that's not his ultimate goal. What he wants is you to spend eternity with him. That's what he wants. My kids, I want them to be happy. I'm going to say this, and, and I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. But that my ultimate goal is for them to be in heaven when it's time and we're there together. Okay? We need that. If I'm just appeasing whatever my children, then I'm raising nothing but spoiled brats who won't do anything but just give me, give me, give me, self-serve, self-serve. That's not going to be happiness. Sometimes they just need, you know what? You ever, I remember spanking Mal for the first time. And I, I'm, I could go in my mind. I remember my mother telling me this. This is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. I used to think, why would she say that? Why put yourself through that, Mom? <laughs> I got an idea. Just don't do it. <laughs> Mal, I remember having to give her a swat on the rear end. And she turned around and looked at me in those big brown eyes. She had hair and she had a little tuft of hair that would stick up. She said, you are not my buddy anymore. And then I said, I don't have to be your buddy. I'm your dad. Walked around the corner and went, oh, my gosh. And she was in her room. And then doing those cries where you, you know. And I'm like, I go to Kim and I'm like, I, I, I have killed her. I'm a terrible father. I'm a, but you know what the beautiful thing about kids? They're resilient. I mean, she's just like in like two minutes. She's like, Daddy, hold you. That was her thing. Daddy, hold you. And I'd say to her, I'd, you know, I'd pick her up and she'd do this. And I'd say, I love you, honey. I'm sorry, Daddy. And all is well. Can I ask and say this? What kind of happiness do you want? The happiness that I got from just the correction and the response was far greater than the short of here, have what you want. Then I got to deal with it as the monster grows, so to speak.
Would you bow your head and close your eyes?